We're back with another episode for the Scripture Union Northern Ireland podcast. I'm your host, Phil Howe, the Training and Resources Manager for SUNI. Thanks for checking us out, and hopefully you've been intrigued, directed, or are continuing to listen as you see this is a place where we're seeking to equip and resource the local church in our joint mission of making God's good news known to children, young people, and families. In this month's episode, we want to talk about special schools with our resident expert, Anita Conkey. Big Boss Mandima will be sharing his thoughts at the start of this new year. And a couple of our new staff, Andrew and Sarah, will be sharing their staff story alongside Paul Jardine, who will be telling us why he's looking forward to the summer already. But first, let's hear from Anita. Anita, how long have you been with SU and what's your journey been in the organisation? Well, I came to Scripture Union in 2003 to take on a newly created post as Skills Development Manager, expecting to stay perhaps five years with the organisation. Currently I'm Skills Support Coordinator, developing our skills work in the SEN sector, the Special Educational Needs sector, taking on new challenges Keeping on learning are key attributes for me in any journey. How did you find getting opportunities to share in special schools? When I was schools development manager, I regularly asked why Scripture Union was not in special schools, taking assemblies, RE lessons, supporting SU groups, until eventually the opportunity to develop our schools work in this sector was offered to me. It was very much a pioneering role. Before developing the work, it was vital to listen and to learn. So rather than make assumptions really the best way to support, I selected a pilot number, a pilot group of special schools across Northern Ireland in a variety of locations in different sectors, primary, post-primary, whole school, with diverse needs, moderate learning difficulties, severe learning difficulties, as well as referral units. 12 out of those 19 schools responded and welcomed me in to meet and get to know pupils. I also met with individuals, from parents to practitioners, to inform our thinking and to provide the insights and wisdom we needed. Since the pilot in 2013, Scripture Union has been taking assemblies, telling Bible stories, teaching RE and supporting SU groups in special schools over the past four years and we're now in year five. It has taken four years to gain confidence and trust but our trust and confidence increases from year to year and relations in existing schools are strengthening and each year we develop new relations with schools. One particular challenge for me is the need for a flexible approach, responding to the particular needs and capabilities of pupils, even in the middle of the lesson. Thinking on my feet is a skill I learnt as a teacher in the classroom, and I still hold on to it very much. And how is it different from mainstream? Well, as you know, uh, this is very much new ground for me. I've come from teaching mainstream at post-primary level, working with SU in primary and post-primary schools. But now I'm working in the special needs sector. How is it different from mainstream? In one way, there's little difference because in special schools there are some 5,700 pupils, boys and girls developing, maturing and being educated. A child is a child needing to be loved, supported and encouraged. Very early on, I learnt that if I know one child with autism, I know one child. In our schools, whatever the school across Northern Ireland our children who are unique. Seeing each child as made in the image of God is the starting point 
for every child. In other ways, there are significant differences. There are fewer special schools, about 41. Classes are smaller. The curriculum is more restricted. Learning activities are simpler. But in these 41 schools, there are children with physical, cognitive, social, behavioural, intellectual disorders. But they are being educated in a school where their needs can be more fully supported, where there's a much higher ratio of teachers and classroom assistants with specialist skills to meet those needs. As I go in and out of our special schools, I never cease to be amazed at the skills, the patience, the expertise, the commitment of the teachers, the classroom assistants, the auxiliary staff from the physios, speech therapists, canteen staff, secretarial staff, caretakers. They know each child. They want the best for each one and they see the potential when they look at that child. I'm sure there's been a lot of ups and downs but what what has encouraged you most in your work? In the first four years of working in special schools uh, the response of the schools has been so positive. Uh, Scripture Union is very much unknown in many special schools but uh, the trust, the gratitude and encouragement that have greeted me is very humbling. Seeing children develop and blossom is also a great encouragement. The response and the engagement of the children as they connect with God's word in the course of a lesson is really encouraging. And now, four years later, I have the privilege of going back each year and seeing a child, yes, a term later, but also a year later and seeing the difference. From the small to the big, there are so many encouragements for me. Seeing children communicate always proves a great encouragement. From the child who's nonverbal, who communicates by eye movement, or the child who is very, very shy, but suddenly produces a sense of rhythm when he or she gets a tambourine in their hands. Or the child who's deaf, who doesn't hear the story, but immediately spins in his wheelchair when he sees the song and the images of a song being played. One of the recent uh, encouragements for me was last summer. A proposal submitted by TO to New Horizon provided Scripture Union with a further opportunity to join up the dots for children and families with additional needs. As part of the Scripture Union children's programme at New Horizon, we piloted a track for children with specific needs requiring specialist skill and attentions. 11 children from 10 families, 18 leaders were committed to serving God, sharing God's love with each person and bringing blessing to each family. So that was a great encouragement. Every encouragement, no matter how small, is testimony to God. God is the God of the weak, the overlooked, the underestimated, the forgotten. God is the God who takes the weak and puts to shame the strong. I'm constantly amazed at God's goodness and his love in communicating with children and young people whose brains are wired in the most unique way. And how can people be praying for you in this ministry? Thank you so much even for uh, thinking of praying for me personally. Uh, For me, discernment, sensitivity, wisdom, energy, but most of all reliance on God are my key prayer requests. 
and for the children and staff in all our special schools that they will connect with God and know his love and care in real ways. Please keep praying because God hears and God is answering your prayers, my prayers, beyond our asking. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. 1 Peter 1 verses 3 to 4. As we begin a new year, many of us will have taken time to reflect on the previous 12 months. It's often helpful to look back at all that has happened. As a way of remembering significant moments, some of us will have written journals, taken photographs or held on to a keepsake memento. And as we look back, we also look ahead. We enter a new year where there may well be things that we are unsure about, have concerns for or events that will probably happen. The Apostle Peter reminds us that in God's great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. As we step into 2019, this is something that every disciple of Christ can hold on to as truth. There is nothing uncertain about it, nothing to be concerned about, and it's already definitely happened. It's living hope. It's a firm foundation we can stand on with confidence because of what Jesus did through his death and resurrection. In time, a memory can fade, a photograph can be lost, and a precious memento may accidentally be broken. However, our inheritance in God is eternal. It's something that can never perish, spoil or fade. I pray that 2019 would be a year where each of us would know the length, breadth and depth of God's incredible love in ways that are encouraging and inspirational and that we may experience the reality of the living hope he has given us through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. So with change being an important word and part of a new restructure and new five-year strategy, we also have some new staff. So let me introduce you to two of them, Andrew and Sarah, great to have you with us. Thanks. Thanks, uh, lovely to be here. I know, yes, I know no expense spared unless you, you are in the, the, do you want to tell people where you are? The resource store. Yep, on 157 Albridge Road. Glamorous, to say the least. Beside the bins. <laughs> yeah. And many, many wonderful resources in the SU, yeah. Yes. Ah, good plan, good plan. <laughs> um, Do you want to tell these guys uh, who you are, tell us a bit about your background, upbringing, and family, and start off with your role, because obviously people hopefully are from across Northern Ireland, so people will have, obviously if they're from... Oman Castle, Derrick, or the North Coast. Yep. Uh, they'll be interested. So, um, Sarah, I'll start with you. Okay, so I'm Sarah, and I'm the new E3 skills worker in Oma and Castle, Derrick. And I'm from around that area. I'm from Ballygolly um, in County Tyrone, so not too far away from Oma, a bit further away from Castle, Derrick, but I'm learning the ropes. I'm getting on with it. I am from, well, I was brought up um, going to church and things every Sunday. And every kind of kids club that was on, I think I was a really naughty child because <laughs> mum and dad obviously just didn't want us in the house because we were sent to everything and anything going on. And I suppose that led me from a very young age to know that I needed God in my life. Um, but it wasn't until I was about 13 or so that I really took that on and probably started to kind of 
Implying's the wrong word. You know what I mean. I've just totally <laughs> forgotten the word. But anyway. Do you have the morning for you? It is. Yeah, I've had a really tough morning, but we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, but just, you know, taking on board what that actually meant, that's what I mean, that Jesus had died for me and actually trying to live like that was the case um, and trying to live it out. So I continued on with that um, all through university. And then after university, I did primary school teaching and I kind of thought, mm, do I want to do this? I wasn't so sure, so I actually took a year out and became a Scripture Union intern Woo! with the E3 worker in Fermanagh with Jeff. And I did that for a year and absolutely loved it. And when I left, I think I had a really bad emotional breakdown. <laughs> I had to read a poem as my last day as an intern and had proper breakdown and cried my eyes out. Obviously, wasn't so keen on leaving, but I did leave <laughs> and went on to do a little bit of primary school teaching. And then this opportunity came up and I came back. So you're the first E3 worker in Oman Castle. Oh, yes. So you are yes. the pioneer. I am the pioneer. Very good, very yeah, good. Yeah, I am. Um, Andrew, what about you? Yeah, well, I'm Andrew Dale, and I'm the E3 worker on the North Coast as of October. Um, so it's lovely to be uh, on the North Coast. I've lived in Coleraine for about six years from, from when I got married, really. Um, but I grew up uh, just outside Lurgany, a place called Marilyn, and would have gone to the church barn there. And sort of from... Being no age at all, really. Like, I can remember being in Sunday school and BB. And, you know, there's no real sort of pivotal moment or shining light. Like, but I sort of realized as I got to about 13 or 14 that, you know, I was living the Christian life and being a Christian. And so at that point, I sort of thought, well, I kind of have to take this seriously then. Um, so I started to do that. Uh, and that's not to say it hasn't been challenging along the way, as most uh, teenagers go through. Like, you go through times of questioning you sort of question well, how can God be this and that allow this to happen and you know it took a lot of uh, time reading God's word and trying and praying uh, and talking to other people as well sort of to uh, to get my head around that and actually to realize that God's story for for each and all of us is actually amazing and uh, it's a consistent story of love and redemption um, and forgiveness for for us all so I suppose that's kind of informed uh, a little bit. I've always enjoyed working with kids. You know, I would have taught Sunday school, uh, would have been a BB leader. But because what you do when you go to a good secondary school, and I went to Bumbridge Academy, I went off and studied law at Queen's and spent three years there. And I had a great time, but knew that practicing law wasn't for me. So I took an opportunity to work with uh, a year's internship with the Church of Ireland. Um, and I spent that working in Belfast, on the Ormer Road. And then from there, I went on and worked for eight years as children's worker in Glenavy Parish, uh, down near Aldergrove. I had a brilliant time, loved it. But one of the things that I loved to do in that role was to uh, go into schools and share all about Jesus. And uh, I realised the opportunities that schools ministry can present. So when the opportunity came for this role up on the North Coast, it seemed like a good fit. And as they say, the rest is history. Very good. And uh, family, you said that you got married? Yes, sorry, yes. Forgot about them. Uh, um, you so can It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so I'm married to Claire. We married just over six years. And we have a little girl called Emma, who will be four in March. So lots of fun. Very good, exciting. very good. Um, you both said kind of what you did before SU. You said why you were led to apply. Do you want to talk a little bit more about what led you to apply, Sarah? Um, yeah, well, I suppose... I did a year as an intern um, and really loved it and then I did go back into teaching 
and I still really enjoyed that. Um, I've always loved working with children and young people. So that's kind of why I went into teaching. That seemed like the right thing to do if you love that kind of work. But I just really missed the side of it that was getting to share God's good news with children. Mm. And I kind of wet up, what was I more excited to get out of bed mm. and do in the morning? To go and teach or to go and share God's good news in schools. And I realised that I would much rather do that. And that's not to say that as a Christian you don't have, or as a teacher, a Christian teacher, put those two together it makes more sense a Christian teacher that you don't have the opportunity to do that um, and I think coming from the teaching background um, I know what it's like to be a teacher in school and I know how busy and how intense that can be in times mm -hmm. and part of the role that I have now is getting to support Christian teachers in what they're doing in their school and how they can be a light in their school so and um, that was a really appealing part of this job which led me to apply for it. So you both mentioned about how Christianity was just part of your upbringing but why are you still a Christian today? Because it's it's just the best story out there. I mean, the world that we live in just needs uh, something meaningful and permanent, and it just needs uh, it just needs Jesus. And uh, you know, the story of God's relationship with man over over years and thousands of years is just one that is constant, and it's one that's loving, and it's one that is it's just one that our world needs to hear. Where we sometimes seem to be out for ourselves only um, God's love is for all and he wants us to share that with everyone it just yeah, it just makes sense um, and it's just right brilliant thank you Sarah how about you as I say I always grew up newing and then I needed God in my life and that was no pretty easy what did I say newing <laughs> did I say newing <laughs> so I always grew up knowing um, that I needed God in my life and I had a pretty easy time as a Christian all through primary school um, it wasn't a problem through um, my time at my secondary school you know it was grand lots of Christian friends no problem started Stromillus once again lots of Christian fr friends no problem um, but whenever I was in first year of university I actually lost a Christian friend um, to a battle with depression and that was the first time in my life that I really had to question what this all meant mm. um, and at the time really did question what it meant and could have you know going one way or the other I think yeah. at that instance in my life and so I really started to study God's word more and try and um, find reason or try and understand what was going on and I think through that time it was a really hard time but I came out at the end of it knowing more about God and having more of an assurance that really he has a plan mm. for my life and that we as humans sometimes can't understand that plan but just really you know being confident in that God has a plan and even though sometimes for us it just seems so wrong that you know it all does work out for the good as cheesy as it sounds mm. like God's plan has been going right from the start of the Bible yeah. um, and there's times in that story where you wonder you know those people must have been feeling as bad as I'm feeling right now like they lost people or they had people taken away from them but definitely just learning the assurance that you know God's working for good in your life all just, the time. Trust in the faithfulness and character of God. That's a great um, way of putting it. Thanks. I try. <laughs> um, I suppose that's what you learned back then. What has God been teaching you recently? <laughs> I learned that then and he's still teaching me that now yeah. because, you know, I came out and I wasn't enjoying the job I was doing and was kind of trying to figure out, you know, what do I do and just seeing <laughs> that, you know, God has a plan and he had me here a year and a half ago mm -hmm. and now I'm back and you know he was working in that the whole time which is great so just learning to trust him in the everyday 
Yeah. Brilliant. Andre? I've been really blown away since coming up to the North Coast and working with Scripture Union because... Wendy. That's what I wanted to say. I was like, that's fantastic. It's good to know we're all comedians on this podcast. It's by the sea. Um, Well, that's very true. But in terms of uh, just the sheer capacity of young people uh, to lead and to share God's good news uh, has been incredible. And there's been a long tradition of of workers up on the North Coast and schools ministry and it's really amazing to be a part of that. But I think what God's saying is uh, we can expect more. We're in a good place. We're in a really good place. But actually, there's still greater things to come. And that's really exciting. It's really challenging. But it's also really encouraging. And there are many, many brilliant people up in the North Coast, brilliant teachers, brilliant senior pupils, brilliant uh, supporters of SU and have been for a long, long time. And I can really say that the future is bright and that God is... God's plan of big things. Brilliant, brilliant. Obviously, you both started, you started very recently, Sarah. Yeah. In October, you were saying, mm-hmm. Andrew. And one of the things that have stood out to you regarding schools ministry since you started, I guess we want to resource local churches. So I'm thinking about what are the churches in the North Coast need to be aware of? What are the churches in uh, Oman Castle Durg need to be aware of from a schools ministry setting? So I suppose on the North Coast, it's funny because, you know, it's it's quite a varied area. You know, we've got some sort of big centres, you know, like Coleraine and Ballycastle, um, but you've got the little places in between. And so there's actually, there's a lot, a lot of churches on the North Coast, and that's amazing. Um, but there's a lot of schools, a lot of little schools, um, who could really use support, not just prayerfully, but also practically. And so we'll be looking at how we can have those conversations um, between churches and see if we can maybe try and see ways in which we can partner with schools and to just be good Christian witnesses to schools as well in what we do. Brilliant, thank you. Well, I'm probably just starting to get to know (laughs) the area. So I don't know who'd be the best person to ask about this, but I'll give it a go. Um, Yeah, so I suppose it's just really grasping that, you know, children and young people are in school and they are... Mm really accessible to us in school yeah Yeah. and you know if you did ask a group of children you know put your hand up if you go to youth club on a friday night or put Mm -hmm. your hand up if you go to church on a sunday morning you know the percentage of children who that is the case for is pretty it's you know it's not as high as it used to be so the people i've met with already um really seem to have grasped that and you know, the E3 project, they understand the project, which is mm. great. And there is excitement in the yeah. area for it. So, yeah. I think as well that, you know, for, for a lot of churches, we need to create the mindset that actually for a lot of churches, not just the North Coast, or Women Council, but across the country, uh, schools work could be the primary form of outreach mm. going forward because <coughs> we don't have people naturally coming into church now. Um it's a different culture than it was 20, 30 years ago, um, maybe even longer. And so you know, we need to, as churches, be thinking about where, you know, how do we best reach kids um, and, you know, through that, their families as well. Yeah. And so schools work is, is just, it's vital. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, and as you start out, how can people be praying for you in your role? I suppose just, you know, energy is a massive thing mm. because, you know, you're you're working and you're constantly, you know, from sending out letters to meeting with people to, you know, going through resources, 
you're doing a lot so for energy and also just um for me building relationships that's mm. really what i'm focusing on in the first part of my job you know when you've been at it what, two and a half weeks now so it is still mailing it, new. Mailing it. <laughs> yeah. absolute hero super but sad. yeah super sad um but yeah no definitely just meeting people and building relationships and just you know sussing out the area and getting to know the people and you know what this role will look like in that area mm-hmm. because i think the role of an e3 worker yes it's the same role as such but every area is different yeah, it works out different in every it context, works out so, different in yeah, every context yeah. so trying to figure out what context will best suit where i am yeah brilliant brilliant andre there are loads of schools on the north coast and um, when I came in, I very boldly said that I'd love to be in every one uh, Ooh, this, this year. Game. I know, right? Um, and, uh, do you know, that's that's aspirational, but it's also something that we work towards. And so I guess it's just, if I get asked people for prayer, be for wisdom to know what, um, what's the best way to approach skills, skills that we've maybe had loads of contact with before, maybe skills that we haven't had much contact with or any. So that would be a big thing. So it's a new rhythm to life for us uh, as a family and it's actually uh, really exciting. Uh, it's lovely to be working in the area that we've lived um, for a long time. So, yeah, if we could just pray that uh, we'll figure out the work-life balance uh, that comes with that. Uh, and, yeah, that we will just see God move in this place. Uh, I'd love to have conversations with as many people who are listening to this as they want. Uh, I'd love to go into as many churches and share about the E3 project because it really is an amazing opportunity to share Jesus in schools. Brilliant, and thank you guys for, for sharing and being on the thank podcast. You. Thank you. Uh, and we're in January now, but it won't be long coming into the summer. Uh, and we're going to move to Paul Jardine now, who has some thoughts on the matter. So, Paul, how are you? I'm good, Phil. How are you? I'm getting excited to be on the podcast. Yes, I'm very excited. <laughs> anyway, so you have been with SU for how long now? 13 months. started last December. So you've experienced one full summer term with us. Uh, how did you find your Camp Submission summer experience last year? Well, I was pretty new to the whole uh, Camp Submissions thing and I had been working on it from January through to June, uh, not really knowing what the summer was going to be like. So I actually got to go and visit a number of the teams, uh, the camps and the missions, and it was incredible. I loved it and uh, it was great just to visit the camps and camps that have been running for 90 years and uh, the wilds of Donegal to uh, inner city missions in in Beaver and Ballyduff and everything in between. It was a really great experience just to see the teams and how they all work together but their love for the kids and uh, just the way that they shared God's good news with them and shared their lives with them. It inspired me and blew me away really and as loved every minute of it and what's better camp remission camps and missions are equally good <laughs> very good good response <laughs> you've been programmed well that's good yes. what are you guys at at the minute because i suppose a lot of people whenever they see a camps and missions department they might think okay well you're you know you work for a couple of months and then you get to chill out so that's we're right. january now so what what are you guys up to what's the focus what, once january hits we really uh everything kicks off again uh the autumn spent reviewing and planning but uh, volunteer applications are open for the summer from January through to the start of April. What's the website? suniivolunteering.co.uk Nice. Thanks. And then uh, our camp 
publicity and our missions publicity is, is out. So posters and brochures are being sent out far and wide. People are booking in and some camps have already booked up. So That's encouraging. Be, be quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if people are <laughs> yeah. looking for kind of posters and stuff, who do they who should they contact? They should contact me, Paul J at SUNI.co.uk or just email camps or missions at SUNI.co.uk and I'll get back to you. Very good, very good. And you had a bit of training on recently? Yeah, so just uh, come out of our uh, leaders' weekend, where we uh, were in Castlewell and Castle for the weekend, spending time with our uh, summer team leaders, sharing God's word with them, and also doing some business stuff and health and safety and all the different things that we need to go through to make sure that the camps and missions run uh, well. Yeah, absolutely. We want to honour our children and young people, so we want to do it well, yeah. And so what are you looking forward to this summer? So much, like it's just just such an exciting time, and so much happens that uh, we don't even get to hear all of it. But just like new volunteers joining in and catching something that uh, impacts their life, children and young people getting to know Jesus for the first time, or getting to know more and falling deeper in love with Jesus, and just there's there's so much. The impact is so bit, so deep and so wide uh, that we don't even know all that happens. Um, but it's just it's great to be part of. Yeah, and for me, I think it's encouraging to think about issue that you could be part of Scripture Union almost lifelong so you go along to the school issue groups in primary school and then you can be part of the camps and then actually it's brilliant isn't it to see the, the, the young people yeah. trained up then to become trainers and leaders and yeah it's really encouraging Paul uh, how can people be praying for Council Missions Department right now? If you could pray that we keep on top of things uh, there's a lot that happens now uh, every month kind of steps up steps up a gear uh, so there's a lot to keep track of and uh, it's all over 1200 uh, applications come in uh, and all need processed and and done properly and and all read and checked and and everything so just that we uh, are dealing with people well and the things aren't falling through the cracks but just as well that we're envisioning and equipping our teams well for the the season ahead brilliant thanks paul thank you phil uh, and thank you guys for listening. Uh, our aim through this podcast is to work with churches, the resource children's and youth ministry. If you enjoyed listening, please pass on the pod. If there are things you'd love us to look at in this podcast that you feel would benefit the local church, then just email me phil at suni.co.uk. Uh, it's been great to, to receive some of the feedback that we're getting and people are taking time to encourage, uh, but also feed into what this can look like or sound like, you know what I mean. God bless. <laughs>